Double Dragon is also pooping and puking at the same time I'm Sam. These two were hatched in a lab, weren't they? I'm Justin, and this is Double Dragon on Stinger Madness. What's that smell? I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty as fuck. Hey, look at me! Thrill me. If you come back in here, I'm gonna hit you with so many rights, you're gonna beg for a left. Thrill me. Beg for a left. Thrill me. Hello and welcome to Stinker Madness, the podcast about bad movies for bad movie lovers by bad movie lovers. I'm your host, Justin. With me this week is Sam, as usual, the only person who does this podcast every time now. <laughs> Currently, though I have not been on every episode, and that's when you know your show's something. No one person has done every episode of this program. That's a good point. That's a good point. We're like, we're, we've, I think that's the bar in uh, upper echeloning podcasts, like now we're as big as uh, Stuff You Should Know and that Joe Rogan asshole because we're not on every episode. But isn't Joe Rogan on every episode of Joe God Rogan? Or is that not the case? <laughs> well, that's why I don't know. A There's a chance podcast. that he has, wait, he, he takes a week off and somebody stands in for him. I mean, Rome does that. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, yeah, uh, enjoy us. Enjoy you. Enjoy yourself. Touch yourself. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> nobody's looking Not, don't enjoy yourself as much as i think eric roberts does oh yeah no kidding uh let's dive episode. into this sam we've got we've got a lot of ground to cover uh what have you got on uh double dragon a double dragon it's, um really not much the guy that directed it uh james yukich he's not really a movie director he's not even really a TV director. He's a multi-cam director, like live events when you're like camera one, camera two. That's the kind of director he is. And okay. he's got a long list of credits in that. And that, I guess, speaks to the very uh, experimental nature of this film. They're making a video game movie very early on in the video game movies. And so they're not going to gamble very hard. So they didn't really want to spend a lot of money on this. They spent $7.8 million. Okay. Um, which is not a lot, but not a little in um, 1996. But it's not a lot for a theatric movie is what it is. And the director was like, you know, I want it to be silly. And I'm like, I'm not really sure. Yeah, you, it was silly, but it wasn't silly without being with with being funny at the same time like you could really tell that they were struggling to tell jokes in this even though they wanted everything to be silly and funny i find the most interesting thing about this movie that mark dacascos is in it because he's awesome yeah do you like the dacascos of course i do uh his father al dacascos is the founder of Wunhop kundo okay would you like to guess what nationality Mark Dacascos is? Um, I had to look this up because I was like, okay, this Scott Wolf thing and Mark Dacascos, are they going to touch on this that they're clearly not from the same family? Uh, and no, they do not. Um, he is uh, Greek, Japanese, Indian, and Irish? No, you got some of them. He's, 
I don't think there's Greek. It sounds like it, but it's actually Spanish. So okay. I thought it was Filipino, Spanish, Irish, and Japanese. And he's really like Hawaiian, basically, because yeah. he grew up in Hawaii. Right. And his dad is the founder of that martial art that I just said, Woonhop Kindo, which okay. is an, a non-fixed martial art, which means that it's not like this is the way to do it. It is the time-honored tradition. Anything else is blasphemy. No, they just change it. If they find something that works, they're like, oh, this guy totally punched me in the face. Really cool. It's part of our martial art now because it works. Okay. And yeah. that's why Dacascos is so awesome because he's like, yeah, I'm going to learn more stuff like Muay Thai and Kopaira. It's interesting that a lot of people think that, that was his original fighting style because he's in the movie Only the Brave, which is where he sort of comes from, which is a movie that focuses around the Brazilian martial art of Pacopira. But he just picked it up real quick from the guy that the progenitor of that martial art because he's already used to training in non-fixed styles. So probably why he's friends with Keanu Reeves. Also, mm. if you're friends with Keanu Reeves, you may be awesome. Yeah, you're probably going to be cool. Like, I don't think you can be a tool and be Keanu's friend. I think that's in the prophecy because, you know, the one, you know, okay, God damn it. Okay. <laughs> he was you know, in, in John Wick three, you're like, Dacascos, where are they dusting him off? And he's like, there ain't no dust on me. God damn it. And you're like, there ain't no dust on you. Dacascos. You're still badass. Yeah. Wasn't he one of the assassins chasing uh, John? He was the, the, the culminating fight in three where he's like, I'm an assassin too, but I'm also a huge fan of yours. Right. That guy. Okay. Which was a really weird thing that actually like kind of elevated three over two for me because I was like, well, they're just going to keep dragging this out with no story and making more John Wick so there can be more John Wick. But this fanboy assassin angle is kind of fun. So what happened to Alyssa Milano's career? Well, she... Is a very sweet lady, and I respect her a lot, um, but she's not very good. <laughs> I was going to say nothing. Nothing happened to you. You look at it, and you're like, I guess she's been working this whole time, TV and movies. Uh -huh. I just don't pay attention to her. Yeah. Huh. Well, I, I, think, I think the material that she gets cast in post-Double Dragon isn't really our... I mean, she was in the, those TV shows, those witch... Dragon uh, uh, vampire TV shows uh, that weren't something that I was going to watch. Uh, she was successful in that. But I mean, as far as like the movies that she was in, I'm not going to watch those either. Like they're not in my wheelhouse. And I was like throughout this movie, every time I see her, I'm like, maybe she's just really not that hot. But then you're like, no, they've done a bad job dressing her up. She's pretty hot. No, she's a smoke show. I just, yeah, she just doesn't make any sense, I guess. Well, I mean, name an Alyssa Milano movie you've seen that isn't this or Commando. I cannot. I can't either. But she I stinks in Commando and she stinks in this. So I think she just kind of stinks. Now, she didn't have a lot to work with here. Uh, I think she, there, I imagine the direction was, okay, I need you to stink more. Uh, and so she did her job at stinking, but I don't think that this was a good decision to star in this movie. <laughs> 
you look at her whole thing and you're like, these are one, there's who's the boss, and then it's one bad decision after the next, but they just keep, the hits keep rolling. Right. She just keeps doing crappy stuff that nobody watches and makes money, and she's got horses and rabbits, and she seems like a really nice lady. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah it just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't either. I don't get it. Yeah, they did not do a good job. The short hair does not work with me uh, here. The weird trench coat graffiti thing doesn't work for me uh her pants have garter straps underneath them that doesn't work for me no they Uh, did everything they could to make her look bad and you're like you still look good yeah what is going on here yeah yeah like the like when she has to disguise herself as a normal 2007 teenage girl I'm like, you look good. <laughs> but when she's not, when she's the leader of a hardcore gang of of counterculture rebels, uh, I'm like, eh. You're like, this is, your hair's awful, the, what you're wearing sucks, and you're still attractive? What is going on here? Why did huh. we have to do this 1994? Why? Why did the 90s have to exist? Why? Also, Toledo? yeah right did you notice that that you finally like when they turn her around it says green wave on the back of Uh your shirt and that's like a thing now in science i think but in 1997 the only green wave there is is the fucking university of toledo so (laughs) go green wave yeah all right what else you got uh scott wolf you want to talk about him at all not at all no i I don't don't. (laughs) i don't want to talk about him i don't ever want to see him again no There's probably nothing wrong with this guy. He's probably a nice guy, but he's just in shit that I have no interest in. Yeah. Uh, Party of Five. Did you ever watch one episode of that shit? Moopy. Moopy the show. Moopy the show? Yeah. Oh, one tragedy after the next. Come get sad with us once a week on UPN. No, thank you. Was Vanderbeek in that? No, that's the uh, Dawson's Creek. I think he was Dawson Creek or something like that. that Same show. I didn't watch One Tree Hill. I didn't watch any of the shit that was on that channel because it all sucked. It's all moopy. That channel still sucks. <laughs> oh, they got Green Arrow now. Oh, yeah, that's a oh, yeah. fucking winner. Line me up. That's Moopy the superhero. <laughs> moopy the superhero. It pisses me off. That whole channel sucks. Uh, yeah, Freaks and Geeks was on Fox, wasn't it? I mean, that that's as close as you can get to Moopy. In that is good, and that wasn't even on that channel. <laughs> that wasn't on that channel. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. No, I'm done with Scott <laughs> Wolf. I, I, I ban you from ever picking another one of his films. <laughs> and they changed the name of that channel. Is it the CW now still, or is it if they just fully embraced it and it's called the Moop? I think it, I think it's WB. The WB, yeah. The CW, the WB, like Warner Brothers. How can you not have fucking manage a television station? How is this possible? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Warner Brothers a little bit later in this uh, in this podcast. Actually, um, all right. Anything else? No. All right. Let's dive into Double Dragon. Um, basically, this movie is terrible. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say, wow, what an experience though from the beginning because you say you bring up the budget of seven point eight million. Yeah. Um. I'm shocked by that because I think this movie looks fantastic. Like, ex- 
expensively fantastic. They have recreated the entire planet in matte work and dabble in CGI and paintings and models. And I think all of it should look like crap. And I don't think any of it does. I feel like that they're on the front edge of new tech stuff. The new tech is a company that did the video toaster and uh, Lightwave, the 3D program. Mm-hmm. I think they were sort of on the front end right here. And so if I was to guess, and some of those visual effects looked like stuff that came out of new tech, that this is because of that sort of affordability that was on the scene right around this time. But it was like a, like the, the, the old, what's that called? The old guard isn't using it because it's, Ooh, this newfangled stuff. It's too risky, but these guys used it and they're like, we got to take some chances and it paid off. The old guard isn't using it too, because it looks like horse shit by comparison to the old methods at this point. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But, but to do this, I I was impressed. I mean, LA it's, it, there's so many Easter eggs in this movie, uh, as far as like, 1990s LA like if you were if you were the type of person that liked really bad movies in 1994 this is going to be a bunch of eye candy for you because like it's it's so many oh hey look what we did the world's destroyed oh the Hollywood signs just above the river now uh you know McDonald's is is floating uh just a bunch of shit like that if you look at if you look at what's going on that doesn't involve Scott Wolf there's a lot to be beheld Oh, yeah. And they also shot this in Ohio. So even better job. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Okay. so anyways, let's set this world up a thousand years ago. uh, This. Oh, God, this movie is such bullshit. A thousand years ago, this king, uh, he made this medallion uh, because there was evil forces coming down. And so he was like, I'll make a medallion and I'll put myself in the medallion. Which makes it sound like he had to die to be yeah. in the medallion, but then later they're like... He had to die like, to be in the medallion. Right, but then they're like, and then the king split it in half and gave it to his children. Wait, I thought he was dead. <laughs> also, this implies that you never used it to begin with. Right. <laughs> I'm going to make some magic jewelry to save us from the monsters, and they're like, the monsters just fucked off. Quick, break that thing in half, it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's like it's like Sauron got his one ring and everybody else was like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah. And Sauron's or like, no, no, it's like Sauron got the one ring and he's like, why did I make this? I'm crazy. This thing's too powerful. Break it in half quick. <laughs> um, yeah. So they break it in half. Uh, one half is power over the body. The other half is power over the soul. Uh, and then generations go by. They get lost they're the ark of the covenant type thing god knows where these are have they been handed down to the the later generations of this family you know that sort of thing nobody knows where they are except for one person yeah we'll hide them with peaceful monks so that they can't fight back when evil men come to take the dangerous super magic weapon and the way this transitions to these monks you're like, okay, this is still a thousand years ago. No, this is today. These you are... can't figure that out until like three quarters of the way through. No, at the end of this scene, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, we're still back in time. Okay, we're still back in time. And then the lady from General General Hospital, uh, Christina Wagner, pulls our mask off and gets on like a briefcase computer. And you're like, wait a minute. Wait. And then also it's not 
the present. It's the future of 2007. Right. Yeah. What were you doing in 2007? Uh, I was... You were hanging out in my in Dave's garage with me. Yeah, I was going to college and working at a furniture store. Yep. So the prophecy here was quite off. I mean, like, that's the... <laughs> These movies that go into the future, I kind of like them and I don't like them at the same time because I like seeing, like... Oh, that was a cute prediction. Ha ha, that's silly. You know, every, obviously, wherever you, whenever you talk about this, you talk about 2015 and Back to the Future 2 and I, how I don't have a hoverboard, even though we do kind of have hoverboards. Um, they had them then. It's just magnets, and they're incredibly dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> you want to eat shit skateboard without any friction at all. See how well that goes. Um. Yeah. But I kind of don't like them at the same time because the movies that do future prediction but make minimal changes, like barely tweaking things, um, like I, I want to say, like, uh, I can't think of a perfect example, but I just watched Star Trek Discovery not very long ago. It's not good. Don't do not do it unless you have to watch all the Star Treks like some sort of idiot like I am. Um, but they do some very subtle uh, and they're way in the future, right? Uh, they don't have cars anymore, but there's lots of shots of them going over San Francisco, uh, and the Golden Gate Bridge is still there. Uh, but they've just changed it into a, a solar panel array. Um, subtle stuff like that. Like, we don't have to go way over the top. At the same time, it's a bad scientific prediction because they, they Starfleet would have never been able to afford to build in San Francisco. Yeah. Hey, oh. <laughs> Whoa, the rent oh. is too goddamn high, Starfleet. <laughs> um, so it's like, it's like you kind of be like, dude, 2007, come on, that's 13 years from now. Go a little bit further in the future. Make it so that nobody's going to watch this in, in like 20 years and be like, you idiots. Uh, or do what Catherine Bigelow did, that Ralph Ray Fiennes movie uh, that was about 1999 that she made in 1996. She didn't go big. I don't know which movie you're talking about. I It's been on a list of revisits that I haven't done for a long... I've been wanting to revisit this movie for about 15 years now. Huh. It's not... It's got oh, Angela I, Bassett in it. Wow. And uh, yeah, I'm going to bring it over. And I'm, the podcast listeners are like, good job, Sam, remembering that name of that awesome movie so I can maybe look it up. Yeah. Huh. Catherine Bigelow directed Ray Fiennes is in it. I think it was made in 96. I'm not sure. Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. Uh, anyways, let's move on. All right, so, yeah, we are in New Angeles. It's not Los Angeles. Something has happened. The polar ice caps have melted. The toxic waste has gone everywhere. And so they're like, we're not Los Angeles anymore. We're New Angeles. The Al Gore prophecies happened, and it fucked everything up. But not enough that they can't, you know, still be total Californians. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, We get some signs here and there of of the surrounding area of new los angeles there's new tokyo city uh there's lake pasadena um there was another one that was pretty funny that i was like oh that's that's cute it's not burbank anymore it's like underwater town or some shit yeah <laughs> and then we also get uh robert patrick's future hair Robert Patrick's hair is as majestic a creature as I have ever seen in a film in this movie. He is on full blast. At one point, I, I read uh, an interview 
about this movie that he was talking about. He's like, oh, it was really fun. It didn't turn out very good. I thought it was going to work. I got to go full blast, so I liked it. That's good. Oh, I got to work with Mark DeCostos and Scott Wolf. And he's like, man, are you that nice of a guy, Robert Patrick, that you're like, oh, it was cool because I got to work with these people who were sort of not even close to as famous as me. And also, this may have set my career back by, like, I'm I'm X-Files bound now, baby. <laughs> oh, the X-Files. He's great as Agent Doggett. Oh, absolutely. He is. And that really did get that show through. He got that show through some tough financial years. And so. Right. But they, they got him because he was a good deal because of shit like this. Robert because Patrick's of this. fantastic. Like. Yeah. What a, what a the, waste. Think about what happens if. After T2, James Cameron's Spider-Man thing materializes. Mm-hmm. He gets to be Spider-Man instead of being in this movie. Imagine where Robert Patrick would be now. Yeah, right. Okay, so Robert Patrick at an 11 or Richard Grieco at an 11? Well, I mean, there's not... If I want to, like, kind of laugh puke, Grieco. <laughs> if I want to be happy about life, Robert Patrick. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with that. That's a perfect uh, perfect critique. <laughs> puke laugh <laughs> that's Greco. <laughs> all right so robert patrick is this guy named uh what's his name shokasugi Ku- shuki Shuku, <laughs> shit like that kaga shogi kaga something it's like yeah he first shows up his hair is amazing he's wearing a zoot suit you're like robert patrick you're majestic and he's like by the way i'm the whitest guy ever and my name is koga shugu i think <laughs> i'm not sure did you guys read it? Uh, and he's like, he's Megacorp. Like, he's clearly a bad CEO. Like, he's a villain, but he's just so good at it that the man can't touch him. Um, he's got all the money. He's got all the goons. Um, and, he, like, a lush office that is 1994's version of 2007's bullshit. Um, and I love it. Uh but he isn't happy enough. He wants those medallions. And his right-hand lady, uh, what's her name? Christina Wagner? Yes. Christina Wagner from General Hospital. Uh, Is she related to Robert Wagner? Or Lindsay Wagner? I don't think so. Okay. All right. She kind of looks like Lindsay Wagner. Should have dug into that. Anyways, um, her her character It's a married name. She married a Wagner Uh, who was uh, also a soap person. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, her 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 lash uh, is the one that that found uh, the previous medallion, and uh, she uh, she brings it to him, um, and he's like, "Sweet, I've got the full medallion." And she's like, ha, 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 "Yes." And he opens the box, and there's only half a medallion. And he's like, "Where's the other half?" And why didn't you tell me? That you only got half. Why did I send you out to get the whole thing? And then you like fly back out of New Delhi and you called me and said, hey, I'm on my way back. I got the medallion, but you failed to mention that it was only half the medallion. I could have been like, hey, go get the other half while you're still out there. But instead, you waited until you got here to my office with the jewelry box in my hands and let me open it to disappointment. And she's like, you didn't send me with a picture. (laughs) It looks like a whole necklace to me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry about your magic jewelry. <laughs> You're right. I'm being I'm being a little bit harsh, but honestly, I really want that other half. So, get back out there. 
And then we cut to uh, a tournament fight in a high school gym. It's a tag team karate fight. Tag team karate fight. <laughs> is question two. Is that a thing? I, I mean, is well, let's back this up. Is this fight an underground fight or is this like a sanctioned thing? Because if it's underground, sure, why not? There's no rules. But uh, they are in well, a high school gym. There's no rules. There has to be more rules. If there's tag tagging involved, all of a sudden there's rules everywhere. Well, I mean, rules like, about you know, because tagging. it's underground. You don't have to. It's yeah. not It's not on HBO, okay? This is what they got. This is like as sanctioned as it gets. There's a scoreboard. The whole town's a shithole. So this is actually like one of the nicer things that happens in New LA, I think. Yeah, so it's like the All-Valley Karate Tournament. Like any, yeah. at any point, Ralph Macchio could walk out. He doesn't know the tag rules. Ah. So... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So these bros, this is where we get introduced to Jimmy and Billy Lee uh, and their brothers. Uh, they get disqualified because Scott Wolf is a total tool. He's a douche. Oh, man. This is where you're like, okay, I've been on board this whole time. Oh, no, wait. These two are going to be douching out the whole fucking movie am i going to be able to get through this am i going to be he jumps on the man's back and gives him a noogie and then when they lose dacascos is like why did you do that and he's like oh i didn't want him to get too far i didn't want to get too far ahead we lost we lost <laughs> that worked out perfectly <laughs> have you read the rules to tag karate <laughs> do you understand the scoring system <laughs> Uh, and so they're like, oh yeah, we lost. We'll eat fist buttheads. And then they get in a fight with the guys that they were just fighting. He's like, wait, you could have done this for points. <laughs> I think that's how these rules work. Uh, and the crowd loves it. The crowd is going nuts. They're now like, like Spartacus, like the crowd loves them, even yeah. though they just got disqualified for douchery. Yep. Okay. So why WWE is so big? At least they keep it on the rails. So this is LA. Ah, okay. Yep. Douchebaggery is rewarded. Nice. There's a Guns N' Roses cover band after this. <laughs> the singer stinks. Oh, yeah. There's like eight people that are like, these guys are going to make it big. And I'm like, every other LA band sucks this bad too. Right. You guys have had like four bands work out. Your town's <laughs> silly. All right. So I like, I want to enter. This has nothing to do with the plot, but again, this world building that this budget video game movie manages to accomplish. Uh, cut to a commercial for Jack City because the, the city is crumbling so much that there's a company that just makes building jacks that you crank up your building with. And it's remarkably close to some of the in-house productions that KCOP and KCLA did uh -huh. in the late 80s with, like, anybody that lives in that area and lived in that area for a long time probably remembers the Jack Steffens plumber. This guy would just come out and, like, go, oh, what's going on? And he's like, Jack Steffens. And they're like, Jack Stefanowski? It's like, Jack Steffens. Like, Jack Stephanopoulos. <laughs> Jack Steffens. Oh Jack Stephanolewski. My name's Jack Steffens, darn it, and I'm just a plumber. It was a real commercial that how was did we just as get, bad as this one. We could have gotten him 
isn't that where uh, uh, Ernest comes from? Was TV commercials? Yeah. Ernest, Why didn't we get uh, Jack Stevens? I they were very creative in those days. This guy may have made some of those commercials because he was also a music video director. Um, this is really on point with that that production style. Like, yeah. Yeah, no. Let I the like, owners do the talking. Yeah, I like. I liked the. Again, everything that's on TV is awesome because the next up is the news with fucking Vanna White and George uh-huh. Hamilton as the desk, uh-huh. and Andy Dick as the weatherman. Wow. Andy Dick as the weatherman, <laughs> and he's like, "Hopefully, you got a smog fan. If you don't, get a job." <laughs> God damn it! It's so dumb. <laughs> Um, all right, so curfew is coming. There's, I, I don't know exactly what time curfew is, but it's implied that it's at sundown. I think it's like eight p.m. or yeah, it's when it gets dark. Then the the gangs own the night. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's you can't go out. And even though the cop, I don't think the cops can go out either. No, the cops are like, we will sort of pussyfoot around during the day. We made a arrangement. So we don't really have to do any heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. It's nighttime. Get inside. Even us get inside. Yeah. It's like the purge every day. Yeah. So the, the bros are out in it because of their own douchebaggery. They, they didn't make it in to curfew. Uh, and their friend uh, Satori is with them in their station wagon, in their trash powered station rocket wagon. Yes. It's a Buick that is rocket powered on trash. Yeah, and so they see this this uh, broken down car with a pair of buns hanging out the back of it, and uh, Billy's like, "Ooh, stop! She's my type." And she turns around and it's a dude, and Jimmy's like, "Yep, you were right. It's your type, but it's a trap." Also, it's the Dell guy. The Dell? Oh, dude, you're getting a Dell? That's the guy. You're kidding? No, that's the guy. You know, he went off the deep end, right? Was he in the shallow end ever? Uh, well, the shallow end of selling Dells, he's arguably the most famous Dell salesman of all time. You know, they sold themselves after they got rid of him. That's true. He, By being okay. cheap and not breaking. They, he may have been also the worst Dell salesman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it was like, he was against like cute cows selling gateways. So yeah. Yeah. not much of a heavy lift and the gateways right. were kind of shitty computers yeah i think he uh i think he i i I don't want to be the internet um but i think he went all the way heroin and uh like beat up a bunch of people and like went to jail a bunch of times and shit (laughs) that seems like usually heroin does the other thing where you just like do a lot of heroin and lay around and lose weight well after he sucked dick to get the heroin he would punch the guy in the balls that's how he that was his finisher (laughs) He's pretty. He's like, do you like speed bagging? <laughs> no, sorry. I just, it's reflexive. Everybody else that I blow for heroin likes speed bagging. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so it's a trap. Uh, a Bobo is there, uh, who is the only character I remember from the video game. But there was a bunch of a Bobos. You always had to fight a Bobos. Yeah, and this is uh, Nils Allen Stewart, who's back from the uh, Destructor episode or whatever the yeah. one that we did the last time you were here. Right, right. Uh, the uh, the Demolitionist. The yeah. Demolitionist. 
Uh, yeah, he wants the medallion because, lo and behold, he also works for uh, Kasuga Shogi, and uh, the, he spots them having it because Satori, like, sticks it out the window. What the hell does she do with it? She wears it because it's so, like, no one should ever find it, so I'm just going to wear it yeah. in L.A. Right. Uh, so they have, they have a car chase. Uh, Bobo's got this big battle wagon, and they've got it's like a Wells Fargo delivery truck with yeah. teeth on it. It's an armored truck that's been jacked up and turned into a bitchin' ride mm-hmm. with super tech on it. It's got like cameras and more rockets, and there's like computers in there and shit. Yeah, it's like Honor Man's car. Yeah. But it is. This is a superhero's car. I don't know how this guy got a hold of it because he seems like kind of a dumbass. Yeah, right. Um, a chase ensues. It's shenanigans. I can't even describe what happens here. Uh, it's just all out shenanigans as far as the action. Lots of buffoonery. Lots of silliness. And then it culminates with Scott Wolf, Billy, putting a can of Easy Cheese into. The reactor. It's a very L.A. moment where he's like, oh, man, this stuff's so unhealthy. It'll make the perfect rocket fuel. Why are you people doing this to your bodies? <laughs> and then they go eat some weird shit that's just as bad for them. Um, yeah. So that causes basically the purple tube of yarn that Doc Brown puts into the locomotive. Uh it really makes a reaction and gives them super rocket powers that causes them to immediately crash. Yeah, they crash into a dead end, and then he chases him into the dead end, and he crashes into it, and they're clearly stuck there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're like, yeah, we won, but dude, now you're trapped, and Bobo's getting out, and he's going to beat your ass. But they're saved by... The Graffiti Gang, and the Graffiti Gang has a name, and I cannot remember what it is. The Power Core. The Power Core. <laughs> God damn it. That's about they're as totally, 1994 as you can get. They're as fresh as their style. <laughs> I hate myself for having worn some of this shit I in know. my life during that I time. Know. I had candy-striped <laughs> fucking shorts, and I had like a, a, a t-shirt... That was rainbow striped that had a hood. Like, why would you put a hood on a t-shirt? And why would you buy that, me? I had a way too big of build ball cap that was denim and had this graffiti print on it. And I loved it. It was like, like, remember early body glove? Like, it was all these bright colors. And if you had body glove on, you were a cool kid. Only the coolest kids could wear body glove because it was so expensive. Right. But it all was dumb. <laughs> and then like there shit. was the hype, the hyper color. Oh, the hyper color. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's which what was these like, guys are wearing. okay, ladies, if you walk fast, you're going to heat up and leave nothing <laughs> to the imagination. <laughs> the nipple show. Whose idea was this? That's X-ray what... glasses without the glasses. They got that idea from Top Secret where her boobs warm up. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and if you had hypercolor pants, you would just oh god, dong show hypercolor sweatpants in grades like junior high, like just hypercolor boners everywhere. 
<laughs> oh my god. And it also, not to mention, even if it hadn't been for that, it's just an open invitation for sexual assault. <laughs> it is. Touch me everywhere. My shirt will change colors. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, you know, like, you know, there's people that have this philosophical debate about traveling back in time and killing Hitler's baby and whether that's acceptable or not. But maybe we should have not done hypercolor. Yeah. Uh, go back in time and fix that, guys. Okay, so they're led by Marion, who's Alyssa Milano, uh, who's living a double life. <laughs> okay. She's uh, shitty Batman. She's shitty Batman. <laughs> hey, Dad, I got to go be a superhero. Well, did you get your homework done? <laughs> yeah. Batman never had to answer to his parents. <laughs> well, they were they dead. Were dead. <laughs> uh, hey, Bats, how are you feeling about that today? <laughs> Maybe you should see somebody. All right, so um, Billy has the hots for of course, uh, and uh, she her deal, the power cores deal is that they're trying to both essentially get the Green New Deal passed and also get rid of the gangs. So they're like Rudy Giuliani and AOC at the same time. Yeah. And they're dressed like shitheads. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So Bobo fucks off. They scare him away and the bros go home back to where they live, which is very 1990s Ninja Turtles-esque. Uh, they live in an abandoned movie theater. Also, how did they get out? They were clearly how stuck. did they get out? Right. Maybe the power core just lifted their car out of the alleyway. You know, this is why they call us the power core. We yeah. lift stuff up. <laughs> we're power lifters. And we're also for saving the earth. But watch <laughs> us pick up this car. We're awesome. I might tear my candy cane shorts when I do this. Uh, so Satori tells them all about the double dragon. Uh, God damn it. I can't say that without thinking. Hold on. Oh. Let me give you an example. Let's go get some Taco Bell. <laughs> I, I need some Thunderbird wine. Yep. Three burritos. You're going to see some shit. And learn puke. all about the double dragon. Um, okay, so uh, she's like, yeah, this medallion is too much power to be in one person's hand. So here you go, Billy. Here's half of it. So I'm going to give it to the biggest dickhead I know. <laughs> Why does Billy get it? I don't know. I think he grabbed it first. No, Billy has no patience. To him. Yeah. Like, and, and, and Jimmy's doesn't even bat an eye. He's like, okay, so I'm the better fighter. Uh, I'm far more mature, and I have this whole Zen thing about me where I'm I'm cautious and patient and learn my enemy's moves before reacting. You are just a complete loose cannon. Eh, whatever. You can have the power medallion. He's like, I don't need the power medallion. I'm so much less of a nutsack than you are. Yeah. I can actually just punch a guy in the face. Right. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. It's compensation. Um. So Abobo tells uh. Kogushugi uh, about the bros and the medallion. So now they know where it's at. Even though Abobo gets punished for being like, dude, I found, I, I, I know where the medallion is. Look, we even got like their address, who they are, up on your screen. And Kasugo's like, 
I'm going to stick you in this torture device for fucking up. Yeah, I'm going to, thanks for the help. I'm turning you into a mutant monster. Yeah, he gets the super super soldier serum. Only it's like the super steroid serum and he's just puffed up like a Tyson chicken. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, needless to say, now they know where they're at. Kasugo, Shu, Shu Kasugo shows up at their house, their theater house, and is he has a relationship with Satori. He knows her. They work together? I guess they were archaeologists, and their dad and her and him all work together. They found this thing. He's like, I'm going to use this magic. And they're like, no. And then they like pushed him down and hid it from him. Hmm. And then at no point do uh, Jimmy and what's the other one? Billy. Scott, Billy and Jimmy go, why did you bring us fucking here? Right? This town sucks. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So they, the boys run away. The henchmen chase after them. uh, One of them being Al Young. Uh, I don't know who the other guy is. Uh, but they're fun. The the, yeah, the ventures. I like that part of it. Their names are Yui and Lewis. Yes. Right. You're actually but, wearing a Yui Lewis in the news shirt. I actually am. That is to true. To coincide <laughs> with the joke that fell flat in this movie. Right. It was just so poorly delivered. And at a critical moment of the film that it's like, this is not the time to insert this joke. There's too many emotions running high. It just kind of went under the radar, I think. I... I think if you can do too good of a job telling a really stupid joke, that's what happened. Because Robert Patrick's like, hey, Yui. Hey, Lewis. What's the news? <laughs> it was as good as you could do with that joke. And everybody and the viewers are all like, just don't tell it. Right. <laughs> just don't tell that joke. All right. So hijinks and Sue here. Uh, they're running all over the place, climbing up stuff, fighting stuff. Uh, fighting the henchmen, Satori and uh, Kasugo are mostly just staring and talking and sort of fighting um, and also running away and also helping the brothers. And uh, yeah, it's just all over the place right here. Yeah, there's like mops and brooms. At one point, Dacascos is like fighting a guy with a broom and he breaks the end of it. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, no. But then he's like, oh, wait, now it's a better weapon and does some actual martial arts on screen for a second. But they're like, OK, whoa, whoa, karate guy, tone it down. You're standing next hygiene. to Scott Wolf. Yeah. Got to have more running and jumping over stuff and things collapsing on other people and hijinks. We got to have more hijinks, less fighting. More hijinks. <sighs> All right. So eventually Shuko turns into a newspaper um, and fights Satori with his newspaper powers. Yeah, he gets inside of her body, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he can do that. Like, take and over people. he resists people. the urge to walk into the bathroom, look in the mirror, and take his shirt off. Which which, uh, which one does he have? He, does he have the soul or the body? I feel like he's got the soul. That's why he's able to, like, teleport into people or whatever. But he's taking over their bodies. I don't know. Not their No, because souls. later when, when Scott Wolf gets power over the body, like he doesn't get hurt by things that would kill people. Right. But if you have the soul stone, per se, wouldn't you have like Shang Tsung style powers where you could be like a soul sucker 
rather than taking over. Like, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. He's just a body snatcher. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. So he's he's in her body. Uh, then uh, a Bobo comes in, and he's he's not looking so good. But he's defeated by uh, by gravity, basically, and a net. You know, you yeah. can't you can't be big and get a net. You'll you'll never get out. Also, he's being hired by Watanobu or whatever his name is, and who has occupied Satori's body, mm-hmm. and he's the one that pushes a Bobo off the stage and into the net right they're like oh thanks for saving us he's like i didn't save you i'm actually a dude in this lady's body (laughs) and then they lock her in a cage and he comes out of the cage, and they're like what do we do and there's a shot of the cage hinge it's got a little lock that you can unlock and open it up Uh uh-huh they never really work that angle in this scene of desperation where uh robert patrick is going to burn down the theater with them inside of it. And they're like, but Satori's trapped. And he's like, unlock it, dickheads. <laughs> or, you know, it's open at the top, Satori. <laughs> Climb out. It's a chain link fence. Those aren't, it's, that's not uh, Helena's cell that we built in this theater. <laughs> it's a junk she fence. kicks it open with her karate. Right. And you're like, lose <laughs> these two dickheads and do your fighting yourself. Right. Oh, my God. But it's still not enough. Like, she, she, they, she pushes them out. And she locks the door with her inside of it. And she's like, time to die, Robert Patrick's. And he's like, you know, I have newspaper powers. I'm out of here. You're an idiot. You're going to blow up. And she does. The theater blows up pretty significantly. There is a blown to safety with two men that are clearly not Mark Dacascos Mm -hmm. and Scott Wolf. Right. Those are not the guys. No. Yeah, so Satori's dead. Um, so Shuko goes to Michael Berryman's gang's ha- headquarters and then immediately kills Michael Berryman. Like, wait, why do we have Michael Berryman in this movie if you're just going to kill him immediately? I don't know. <laughs> why? He's awesome. Use him. R- recruit him into your gang. It's Michael Berryman. <laughs> no, nope. you're just going to off him. Okay. Strange decision. You could have just uh, had some rando. Uh, Okay. So now he's got control. He kills Michael Berryman. And Michael Berryman appears to be beloved by his gang. But they're like, yeah. All the gangs are like, okay, you're cool. We love you now. Yep. That's how you become the king of gangs is you kill the other king. And now you're the king. Okay. All right. Meanwhile... Jimmy and Billy have broken down on the side of the road next to Lake Pasadena, I assume. And uh, they get in an argument. They're both angry over Satori's death. Uh, and Jimmy chucks Billy's lunchbox in the water. That's dick move. <laughs> I still don't really understand what was happening there and why there's a shot of this. Because it's like a sad, like, oh, no, my lunch. <laughs> Glub. Glub, Glub. I mean, They even come back to it. It's not just that he chucks it in the ocean. They say some lines and then they cut back to the lunchbox sinking. <laughs> yeah, sinking with violins playing softly and someone whimpering about baloney. PB and J. I had a high C in there, you son of a bitch. The Capri Suns. <laughs> uh, but they make up. They realize, hey, the only way we're going to do this is if we work together. 
Uh, so they keep walking. And they stumble into another gang's turf, and uh, they're like, "Oh, we'll be going now." And the gang's like, "Hell no! You got a war- bounty on your head." And so fight jinx ensue. Also, this is the first time that I noticed that Mark DeCoscos's pants are way too big. Oh yeah, yeah they are. He's he's wearing like ten inches too big waist pants. Well, don't forget that this is 1994. That was like cool. I guess. Parachute pants? Yeah, but this is just jeans that are way too big. I think everything was supposed to be big in the 90s. Except for your hair. Short hair, big clothes. Big clothes. Clothes big enough that they grab on the edge of your desk and you fall over. (laughs) Can't walk through gates. Car doors are hazardous. (laughs) Oh no, I'm trapped in the door. (laughs) Would you like a fork? No, it'll end up in my pockets. I'll just eat this macaroni with my hands. (laughs) With my shirt. Yeah, because it's too big. <laughs> All right. Uh, I like this. Uh, the, the key takeaway here in this fight because of the fight jinx that I can't describe. Uh, there's one guy who's standing on top of a water tower dressed as a postman. <laughs> he he goes, falls off. Airmail. Airmail. <laughs> yeah, this is like. The costume designer really liked the Warriors. Right. <laughs> and missed it by a thousand miles. But it's not just that this guy is dressed as a postman, like, hey, we're the postman gang. He literally has letters coming out of his pockets as he flies through the air. I think he's actually just a postman. <laughs> Special delivery. That's how he That's how he delivers the letters is he pretends to be in a gang. Like, oh, it's that postman gang. He's like, yeah, we're real tough. Also, here's your letters. <laughs> Uh, and then they hide in this boathouse. It has a future bike inside of it. Why do you put a bike inside of a boathouse? That doesn't make any sense. The, the motorcycle doesn't work. It falls apart or something like that. But yeah. then they, they find um, what appears to be a two-seater, side-by-side two-seater jet ski with a bunch it's of like, fiberglass all over it. It's like they took a big jet ski and made it into almost a boat Mm-hmm. for the purposes of this movie. Right, because it's got jet ski steering. Yeah. The hole is shaped like a jet skis, but it seats two side by side. It seems like the the steering is still in the center, though. Yeah. So it just barely... So It's, it's just a big jet ski that's hard for two people to ride in if one of them is driving. It's the McLaren of jet skis. Yeah. Custom made. Um, but then they're chased by guys that are on actual jet skis and have... Helmets. <laughs> yes. The gang members have helmets. Uh-huh. Safety helmets. <laughs> and they I've... appear to be just sitting there waiting for the opportunity to be jet ski guys because they don't even, there's not like a delay in getting chased. These guys are in wet suits and helmets right after they get out. Do you think you could jet ski in a helmet? I don't see why not. I feel like it would be really limiting your vision, which is super important on a jet ski because you have to see all around you because you can't really steer all that well. You're going to go sideways on a turn. You need a wide range of vision on one of those goddamn things. You know, you make a good point. You also get very wet while jet skiing. Yeah. And having a face shield that is soaking wet would be vision impairing. Yeah. Also, if you fell in the water with the helmet on, you'd probably have to rip it off to not suffocate. Yeah, you could drown you. It's heavy. You glub. This is dangerous. Yeah. Interesting. I never thought about that. 
Huh. All right. So they uh, they chase around uh, via the world is not enough. I think is the James Bond jet ski movie, um, and uh, the river catches on fire because of their guns, and they blow up an entire toxic waste dump, and it's a huge explosion. Yes, this explosion was 700 gallons of gasoline. Holy shit. And 200 gallons of uh, pure alcohol, 199% mixed in with it to make it more volatile. Wow. They had a news story on the night before on every channel saying there's going to be a real big explosion tomorrow. Don't freak out. The explosion was so big, the police still got like 200 calls because oh, people yeah. were freaking out. Yeah. God, man, this was a big one in the middle the of town. Cayuga River in Ohio can actually catch on fire. It's that polluted. Ugh. Or at the time it could. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Did you hear that they just found a bunch of like 200 gallons of DDT dumped in the ocean? That's Yeah, they dump a lot of shit in the ocean. And they need to stop. 200 the gallons of DDT. DDT is like the worst shit ever. Yeah. And it, oh, no. They're just like, I'll put this out here. Like, why not just bury it? It seems like it would be even harder work to take it out to the ocean to dump it. Like, just bury it. Yes, there's got to be more responsible disposal methods of almost everything. But yeah, but clearly these guys were villains because they like it's illegal to do that, and uh, they uh, it's unlabeled. They can't find who did it. But sure, there's more ethical ways of doing it. But also, I think that there's easier ways. Like there's these be criminals got to start making things easier for themselves. They had to rent a boat to do it. Right, a big boat. You could just rent a backhoe and a trailer if you bury it out in the desert. Dum dums. Okay, anyways. Uh <coughs> and then and then Jimmy and Billy drive straight into a street sign and explode. They're, They're dead. dead, yay. Yes. All right. Well, hopefully Satori comes back because I, I do want to watch this movie. I'm enjoying it. I just don't like Jimmy and Billy at all. Oh no, damn it. There they are. They're perfectly okay. Not even singed. Doesn't make any sense. But they think that they're dead, so now they've got an advantage, I guess. What? The bros they have an ad- I don't think they can have an advantage because they're, as I wrote in this note, you guys are the double dorks. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> Add that one to the Hall of Fame of best singers ever. Yeah. <laughs> double dorks. <laughs> God damn it, Sam. You're fired. That was awful. <laughs> Well, I'm at it. I'm going to fire myself. Okay, uh, so uh, they go and decide to ask Marion for help because they're like, we're outnumbered. We can't get this magic locket to work. Um, so we got to we gotta consult the Power Corps and see if they want to team up and take down Kasuga Shogi. Yeah, and she's like, well, you know what? I'm interested in taking that guy down even though you dorks are trying to like make magic necklaces work, but I'll help anyway. Yeah. And she's the children got, are laughing at, at these dorks. Right? Right. Yeah. When they bite, break in, oh, my God. There's a sign that says, please use the other door. They don't use the other door because they think it's a trick. And so they go through this one, which sends them to a tube down to a rubber mat that is being guarded by children. 
Yeah. It's like they go down a double dare slide or something. Right? <laughs> yep. Oh my god, I love these kids though. They're all tough, but they're all they're not even like like Lord of the Flies kids. They're like daycare children that are in karate stance. Yeah, they're um allowed to express themselves with their clothing <laughs> right? artistically and they're the future of America. <laughs> and adorable. <laughs> And adorable. <laughs> Look at your little karate stand. Aren't you so cute? Uh, but they're like, holy shit, karate kids. Um, also, the Power Core has captured a Bobo, and Marion is feeding him spinach? Yep. For torture? Yeah. Because it gives him farts? Yep. And so he's going to spill the beans because he doesn't like farting. But he doesn't know anything. Right. He keeps telling her, I'm really this stupid lady. And she's like, looks like you're going to get some more spinach. Yum, yum, yum. (coughs) (coughs) Open up. Yum, yum. Um, Okay. So she's like, okay, guys, what's the story? And they're like, well, we've got this medallion. It doesn't work. Let's try rubbing it together. They try that. They're tricked by her gang and everybody has a good laugh that it still doesn't work. They're idiots. Um, and she's like, okay, well, I'm going to help you out anyways. So step one of this plan that she's created is be annoying at the mall. Yep. Pester some mall cops. The reason why there's no skateboarding signs all over the mall is because these kids are teenagers are assholes. Yep. Which leads them to step two, which is to start a gang mutiny. But that's easier to do because there's the gang net. Yeah. Right. The gangs have uh, a interwebs with advanced analytics on profits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which she breaks into. Step three and is then, to stare at Marion's butt. <laughs> yeah, they do that. <laughs> Step four is profit. Um, so they hide in these air ducts that lead to uh, Shuko's office. And there they see the medallion while peeking through one of the air vents. And so they have fishing line somehow and take Marion's pin tied to the fishing line and use it as a hook so that they can lower down the lure and try to grab the medallion directly in uh, Lash's line of vision. Yeah, they're not very good at heists. And her dad is there, too. And it's in his line of vision, too. He even is like, hey, what the hell's that? The only person that doesn't see this is Robert Patrick. If you are Robert Patrick Kasuga Shogi, why is the medallion on your desk? It needs to be on your body at all time. I thought he absorbed it and it's part of him now. Then he doesn't need it at all. Be like, here, fuck off. <coughs> I've got, I don't, oh God, the rules don't work. <sighs> so Lash knocks them down via one of those sword spears things a halberd i think that's what they're called something like that it's yeah. she gets them out of the air ducts and she Alyssa Mono's like hi dad <laughs> bye dad because the bros jump after kasuko into an elevator shaft and she's like i gotta go after them too we uh and they all fall down into a lab of zombies yeah they get Alyssa milano gets so dusty in this and they're like still staring at her. And I wrote down, let me dust off those boobies, Alyssa Milano. 
Because that's what they were thinking. I was thinking the same thing. Just dust those off. Is that a hypercolor shirt? Can we go back to Double Dork? <laughs> double Dork. Yeah, the Double Dorks didn't do it. They didn't have the nerve for sexual assault. Oh, my God. Okay. So Shuko comes down there. He possesses one who appears to be a basketball player. Is this guy anybody? DeAnthony Langster. Don't know who that is. I don't either. Why didn't they get somebody? Like, who? who they could have got, like... Uh, well, no, Reggie Miller would have told him to fuck up. Grant Hill? They could have got Grant Hill to do this. Oh, they couldn't have got Grant Hill. Uh, Grant Hill's still playing for Duke. Yeah, that's true. It's 94. Uh, Rodman? They could have got Rodman. No, Rodman was taking his career seriously at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. They should have got somebody. Akeem this guy didn't cost much. He was yeah. tall and he, he was cheap. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right. So, um, Dad Cop... Uh, smashes Lash, Lash with the pedestal because they're fighting upstairs, so he's free, and he just leaves. Um, She's clearly smashed to death by Art in right? this shot. Yeah, yeah, just crushed. So Shuko gets smashed, too, by a trash compactor or something, and, but he uses his newspaper powers to escape that man's body, uh, and then he gets sucked into a fan. Yeah. And I think he's dead. Or at least particleized into a million particles. But he's not. He flies right back in. And he possesses Tin Head. They got a guy, zombie guy down there with the Tin Head. Ram Man from He-Man. Something like that. Maybe this guy's in the game. I didn't get very far in Double Dragon. No, I didn't either. It's hard. It was hard. Yeah. I think I got to like level three or four. I don't know. <coughs> but he bear hugs Jimmy to death. Crushes his spine. Jimmy's Goodbye, dead. Jimmy. I'm going to kill you with love. Uh, meanwhile, New Angeles is burning, and it's in full lockdown. The gangs have rebelled, taken over the streets uh, during the daytime, clashing with the police. That was against the, the treaty of non-smashing up the police. Uh, yeah. 2006 or whatever. The police are just in the police station and the chief's like, we got to get out there and clean up the streets. And they're like, uh-uh. <laughs> no. No, we're cops. We don't do that. They're, we're police. We're not meant to handle this level of violence. Right. Just like Rob Schneider and Demolition Man. <laughs> uh, but so dad's like, fine, I'll have to do this on my own. And he goes out alone at night. Meanwhile... Uh, Shuko has tied Jimmy up because, no, he's not dead. Dang it. And uh, uh, reveals to him that he killed his dad. I killed your father. Your this father. Magic, yeah, your father for this magic necklace. Not you and your brother's father. I killed that guy, father. too. I don't think they're related. I think G Billy's adopted I by Jimmy. Think they're both adopted by Satori, who's dead. Yeah, maybe. Oh, they're, maybe they're Satori's kids. And she just, yeah, her name is Lee. So they adopt. Yeah, that's, there we go. We figured it out. Because there's no mom. At no point is mom ever referenced. It's just, I killed your dad. Not Billy's. Your dad, but Jimmy. Yep. Also, I'm Scott's dad. Or <laughs> Billy's dad or whoever's dad. <laughs> right. 
Okay, the gangs bust into uh, the Power Corps headquarters, and uh, many die in toxic waste. Both sides have a lot of death here. Because these people don't come back up. When they fall into the toxic waste... Also, why do you have a river of toxic waste running through your headquarters? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, choose a better place that's not so dangerous. Like, oh, I, I'm just going to go get a cup of coffee. Oh, toxic wasted. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, these guys don't come back up. They either drown or are... Uh, whatever happens when you fall in toxic waste. That thing that happens to that guy that gets hit by the Taurus and Robocop. Oh, right. <laughs> That's what's happening to all these people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, uh, a Bobo is chained in the bathroom uh, and he's frustrated and wants to get out. And so he pulls on the chain, which gives him enough slack to finally churn and see himself in the mirror. And we get to really see the tortured man that is a Bobo inside his soul. The one place we wanted to know this whole time was how a Bobo felt about his transformation <laughs> becoming it's, it's, it's almost Mary Shelley esque, you know, looking yeah. Frankenstein, looking at himself in the mirror and going me bad. <laughs> yeah. That's what's happening here. It's very deep stuff. A Bobo is an onion. Oh, what the hell was this, Sean? Oh, no. My beautiful face. What am I now? Yeah. Also, I guess Lash isn't dead. She's right? totally fine. Yeah, because her and Marion get in a fight with, with Metazingers. Yeah, she gives the who is the boss in the general hospital business, and you're uh -huh. like... Uh, who's the boss was a while ago, and I don't think anybody watches General Hospital. <laughs> okay. Uh, Shuko shows up, and he takes over Jimmy and, and fights Billy. And uh, they do the whole, I know you're in there, bro. Don't, don't. I'm not going to fight you. And then they do fight, and uh, I don't know. He ends up kicking uh, the double dragon out of him. I don't. Like, I don't understand how Shuko... What, I don't understand any of this. Is this oh, the no, part they, where... They, they bust the double dragon game. That's what they do. That That's the key. Scene. Yeah. He kicks the double dragon game and breaks it. And they're like, easy on these arcade games. So is that this... what causes Billy to get the medallion powers? No, I don't know. So Billy's like... Maybe he just believes it's real and then it is or something because he gets like the power of the body and then Robert Patrick can't punchify him to death. Uh -huh. This gets really confusing right here. Yeah. Well, he says that, you know what? I don't even need this medallion. And that, and he chucks it and the medallion comes back to him. Yeah. Saying if, you know, oh God, what movie is that? if you if you is that Captain America or is that Willow? If you you don't need these powers you would be Willow. worthy of them there's just magic acorns the magic yeah. is in you right right yeah okay um anyways uh so he kicks shuko out of uh jimmy's body and uh they uh get he gets the other medallion and now he's full powered or shuko gets the full power yeah no yeah whatever robert patrick's now the ubermensch mm -hmm. and all I have written down here is way to go, dipshits. Right. 
Because this is the whole thing you've been trying to stop, and you've made you've expedited the process for him. Uh huh, uh huh. Which, when you go full power, uh, he can clone himself and also turn into Grossface. Yeah, I don't. But he doesn't why. like bright light, right? What a dumb weakness! Ah, the sun. Ugh. Yeah. So, so this is also the point where. We're supposed to have been pushed to a climax in a movie that's supposed to have something to do with martial arts. And this is where the choreography in the film has nosedived completely. Absolutely. It looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they're more focused on the bullshit powers and weaknesses because Bobo is like, hey, Marion, turn on the lights. Wait, uh, Bobo, weren't you having a... Uh, a personal crisis, an internal identity uh, uh, crisis. What are you doing out here? Uh, yeah. And uh, so she turns on the generator, which blinds the gross faces, and they are able to kick the medallion out of him, off him. Just kick it right off of him. Right. And now they have the full power. And they which, are dressed like Siegfried and Roy. Oh, my God. They don't go gross face. They go really dumb looking. It's as glam as karate has ever been. Oh, man. Wow. Whoo. And I love Ghost Satori's head. <laughs> now you've completed it. The prophecy has been fulfilled. They're like, whoa, what are you doing here? A floating ghost disembodied head. <laughs> Did anybody else see that? <laughs> you two have done a great job. <laughs> okay. Cool, so I... Giant Griffin's going to fight my laser eyes in a second. <laughs> That's immediately what I thought of. <laughs> and then Dad Cop comes in. And uh, while while Jimmy is, uh, like, beating the shit out of Shuko. <laughs> and, uh, uh, oh, no, Jimmy enters in Shuko and is like, hey, stop hitting yourself, check, officer. Yeah. It went from half-assed karate fighting to fully no-assed karate fighting. Here's a bajillion dollars. Also, you can lock me up. <laughs> and then the cops show up. Now that, like, like, you hear the sirens. You go outside. There's cops everywhere. They showed up to hero music. Like, thank God you guys arrived. The problem has been solved. They didn't do anything. (laughs) Okay, well, now we can go out. We put on these silly costumes, and that man fell over on his own. Right. Uh, And they take uh, Shuko away. Uh, Marion gives the the brothers a restored dragon wagon. I don't know when she had time to pencil that in. Also, wouldn't this have been maybe cool in the movie? Right? Right. Like when they're double dragons and they have a double dragon wagon. Like, is this when the movie's actually supposed to start right here? Oh, man. Maybe. But they let a Bobo drive because they think. 37. Yeah. They let him drive 37 miles an hour in this amazing <laughs> rocket Buick with dragons on it. Go 37. Passing Huey and Lewis, who are panhandling for henching to hilarity. The end questions is this the largest anti-climax in a movie that we've done oh no there's got to be more 
movies that like you know the movies that don't even have plot yeah because you have to have plot to have a climax so i mean i don't even last week you know top gun it's pretty anticlimactic world war three is a climax yeah but we don't get to have it we don't it's not like you see it or anything them fighting in world war three i mean it's not exactly it's not exactly randy quaid flying into the, the mothership and being like i'm back boys you did know? you listen to the song at the end of the movie? I I did a little bit. It's it was bullshit. as bad as the movie. Yeah, it is bullshit to the max. Wow. Um, yeah, anticlimactic. Uh, I, I it's it's hard to say, but this is up there. Yeah, for sure. I I would need to do a full breakdown on that. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't have a lot of questions. I probably should, um, but I, I just kind of don't. Big one, because they do this a lot in in movies where they're like, "Oh, we're going to base it on this," but we can't do that because that's not as story driven as this non story that we just came up with. Mm-hmm. Double Dragon, the video game, they're gangsters. Rival gang kidnaps one of their girlfriends. They have to right. fight all those guys to rescue her. Is that a better story than what we had here? I mean, in 1994, yeah. Uh, today, yeah. the uh, girlfriend gets kidnapped, and these dudes have to team up to take save her. Damsel in distress is is pretty, you know, it's pretty tropey. Um, but in 1994, that would have been a lot of fun. I think it would have been the same movie though, because like this movie, they wanted to make bullshit. And yes. so they were going to make bullshit no matter what the plot was. Plus, you would have had, the, like, at the end, there would have been... I mean, there's still a little bit, like, any chance of a three-way, uh, you know, at the end of this? Like, yeah. okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I I would have probably liked that movie about the same, to tell you Pro- the truth. If it was made by the same people, it wasn't going to be a whole lot different. Yeah. It, with the same people in it, right? Like, mm-hmm. it... And I think that's a thing I'd like to say about this movie is it manages to not be the sum of all of its parts and it's got a lot of parts. Right. I mean, because you could like you could say a lot of movies that are based on video games break so far away from what the video game, you know, uh, Super Mario Brothers, the movie uh, for one, Um, even Mortal Kombat. Uh, breaks significantly the new one, uh, especially from the formula. Mortal Kombat Annihilation, obviously. Um, and people are like, well, if they just stuck with the what the plot of the video game was, they might have had something, you know, the fanboys. If they had done that here, it wouldn't have changed anything. No. So, which is why nobody is like, Double Dragon would have been a good movie if they'd just gone with the plot of the video game. Nope. <laughs> no. Double Dragon would have been a different movie if other people would have made it. Right. <laughs> uh, which leads, uh, if you got, if you don't have anything else, I think we're ready for final recommendations. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I love this movie. It is arguably the most bullshit movie nonsense. Like, almost Chuck Norris level of nonsense. Like, really? That's what we're going to do in this scene, but not the same type of nonsense. It's just lots of nonsense, and it's nonstop. There's no dry point in this movie. There's no, oh, we're in the middle. It gets, you know, it's it's bookended by dumb shit at the beginning and the end. No, it's dumb throughout. 
and it never changes its tone or its pacing or its level of uh, polish, like I say. It's it's just constant bullshit. And I think that it's probably one of the most underrated bad movies, especially within the genre of bad video game movies. Um, It gets looked over a lot um, because some of the other bad video game movies are so bad, but they're unwatchable. This is a blast, and I love it. I actually struggled with it the second time. The first time, I had more fun with it. Mm. I think that it's uh, if you've never seen it, you have to because it is such a bad movie. They don't get a lot worse than this. No. It's hard to do worse. Every scene is a failure larger than the one prior. Yeah. It culminates in nothing at the end, and you're just like, wow, that was a roller coaster. <laughs> oh. So is that a do or a don't? That's a do. It's okay. a, you. It's a must. It's a must see if you've never seen it. Just know that you will possibly struggle with it. When we decided to do this run of video, short two run of video game movies, in the middle of this, I thought maybe I should call him and tell him I'm going to change my pick to Mario Brothers the movie. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that I actually might not be able to physically make it through those movies back to back. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Uh, I thought about it as well because uh, we're going to talk about uh, uh, John Johnny Legs here in just a second because uh, I want to have him have a team up with Joey Pants, the Joey Pants and Johnny Legs team up. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great movie. I want that movie. Where is that movie? I don't know. How would we not have a Johnny Pants, Johnny Legs, Joey Pants movie? Come on. Uh, yeah. All right. So there's two uh, dues from us. On streaming news and don'ts this week, uh, I have traveled back in time. Uh, I took a bold choice because uh, this December, I don't know if you know, Sam, uh, many people do. We've got a new Matrix coming. Matrix I've 4. heard that that was the only way that either of them would be allowed to make anything again is if there is some financial restoration in this next Matrix project. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it might work. Um, So I watched all three Matrixes again. Uh, I haven't done that in... I haven't seen Revolution. I think I saw Revolutions in the theater, and then I walked away, and I was like, you know what? I'll just watch the first one. If I ever want to watch Matrix, I'll watch the first one again. I've revisited, and I have come with new, a new perspective on things. Okay. I actually think all three movies are fantastic. Even Revolutions. I, when I do this, I go all the way and I do Animatrix afterwards. Yeah, that's a good one too. And tragically, some of the best ideas are in the Animatrix, which no one has seen. Yeah, I agree with that. I really, really struggle with the third one. Yeah, I can, and I, I understand why. Um, there's very little matrixing in the third one and the majority of the movie is, I, I think that there's a lot of cut shit from the third one. And I think probably the Wachowskis got overridden on the cut shit that there is a director's cut because the battle of Zion takes an enormous amount of time and it's really not plot relevant. It has 
arguably, I mean, you could cut 30 minutes off of the Battle of Zion and not yeah. change anything, but because it's action and because the studio is like, well, we got to have more action. I think that there's a lot of things that happen inside the Matrix that we don't get to see. For instance, the crux of the whole movie is when Neo faces Smith inside the Matrix, which yeah. doesn't happen until about 10 minutes is left of the film. And you're like, wait, Neo just went into the Matrix. That is the first time that Neo punches somebody inside the Matrix. He goes inside the Matrix at first of the beginning of the movie, but he's in the, the, the side chamber, the Matrix adjacent place that he can't get out of without the train man. And the train man is is uh, employed by the Merovingian and the Merovingian is still pissed at Neo for t taking the Keymaster and yada, yada, yada. Um, so that's the only time that Neo's in the Matrix until the very, the last 10 minutes of the movie when he fights Agent Smith. That pisses people off because they wanted to come and see Neo do Superman bullshit inside of the Matrix. Also, the Superman bullshit that he does inside of the Matrix is some of the worst computer oh, special of visual effects. It wasn't that it didn't age well. It looked like shit from the get-go. It did. It did. And that was also another break from the first one where a lot of it was wire work and, and bullet camera and all that. Now they're flying around and they can't do that with bullet camera and wire work. They got to do it CGI. He's moving too fast and it looks terrible. Anyways, uh, aside from that. So the crux of the film is that fight sequence. That is where the Matrix trilogy ends, is it, who's going to win this fight? And the setup for it has been completely ignored by, by the studio. They're like, uh, we, we just want action. We've, we, let's do more guns in, in Battle of Zion. We go into the Matrix at the beginning of, of the film. Neo goes and visits the, uh, the Oracle, and they have their vague conversations and the place looks okay. Sure, there's a new actress who's playing the Oracle, and she says, yeah, sometimes I have to change my face because I'm like the doctor. Um, we just get new people to play the Oracle. and But everything's okay. The next time you go into the Matrix, the place is a mess, an yes. absolute destroyed mess, because Agent Smith has taken over the Matrix, and he, he looks at the camera and he goes, do you like what I've done with the place, Mr. Anderson? Uh, yeah. When did that happen? When did all this destruction inside the Matrix happen? What are the ramifications of it? Where are the people? Are they like, wait, are, are they starting to struggle with their own concept of their own reality? Because now suddenly the world that they, the the, the somewhat utopian 19, mid, uh, late 2000s or early 2000s world that they've been living in is now being destroyed by a superpowered being. None of that is explored because I think it's boring. And to to the viewer or to what the, the producers thought the viewer was going to yeah. think. So they cut all that shit out and it's vitally important. It's absolutely important. The ideas behind the Matrix are what make it interesting. Yes. And the third movie is devoid of those ideas. And I feel personally that the entertainment value, for me at least, was the practical effects, the stunts, mm -hmm. the showcase that is the freeway 40-minute action sequence in the second one. I don't yeah. really love the second one. I got nothing bad to say about that. Tons of of good stuff the third has none of that yeah no they they ignore the matrix completely however so i'm going to go back to why i'm still saying i think all three are fantastic movies 
my main problem with Revolutions when it came out, and, and to a degree, uh, problem with the second one, is where the uh, the prophecy and the, the where, where your human brain has a hard time thinking like a computer would and realizing what the fuck these guys are talking about, what the fuck the architect is talking about, what the fuck the yeah. Oracle's talking about, what the fuck Agent Smith is talking about, what anybody's talking about. I didn't even, I didn't have no idea what happened at the end of Revolutions when I saw it. I'm like, wait, what just happened? I don't know. I don't understand. This time I got it. I know what happens in the Matrix. And I'm also on board with the fan theory. I don't know if you've heard of it, that Neo is not the one. There's I'm a, he's just on somebody that. that can see the walls. Yeah. He's just they, really good at the Matrix. In the uh, the architect kind of says he the architect alludes to that that there's possibly you know you're the most recent person that can see through the walls yeah you aren't really the one you're just one of these people you don't really know how many they flush right yeah. Right, exactly. Um, supposedly, there's been six. He's the sixth one. Now, here's my theory. What I'm going to say is he is a one. The, the he's he's steak sauce. Um, there's two different the ones. There's these six guys that can see through walls and do karate kicks that are awesome. Uh, but then there's one. The one. There's only one of the one. There's no six iterations of it. It's not a constant loop. It is the one who will actually shut down the Matrix because that is not what happens at the end of this. Neo does not shut down the Matrix. He they the, the he just ca causes a truce that makes the machine say, eh, "If you want to leave the Matrix, you can leave the Matrix, but uh, we're going to keep it running." There's a lot of fan theories that he is enveloped into the Matrix. He's part of rebuilding it, that he's going to be a program now, too, because well, he's physically dead. I kind of think he is a dead. program. I think he always was a program. Huh. I, I think the Oracle even tells him that he's a program, that that his consciousness was born within the Matrix. His body was born in a in a you know in the fields but his consciousness itself was born inside the matrix he is a his consciousness is a program is a it. program yeah, yeah. Um, um i would say my biggest problem with the matrix is that about halfway through it in the second one i realize fully that this idea is better as a continuous stalemate and mm -hmm. that there shouldn't be an ending Right, And that's why I have a problem with the third one as well is in the middle of the second one. I'm like, this is a better series and there shouldn't be a resolution to this conflict because the conflict is more interesting as a stalemate. Well, I think that's also what the Wachowskis intended is because the, throughout the, the entire run, there's lots of talk about balance, um, you know, yin and yang that Smith is Neo. He, they are one and the same, just two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Um, and without one, there's too much of the other. So yes. I think that that was their intent, that there cannot be a resolution, that it has to be balanced. Uh, and then the studios are like, no, we don't like that. How about the most confusing ending you can possibly make instead? Sure. Yeah. So either way, um, give them a go. I I, I, I was due. Uh, it had been a long time. I think I'll watch all three. Um do it 
in a quiet, controlled environment where you can actually think about if you can make it through the architect's diatribe of the ergo vis-a-vis there with all never do well. Um, all the weird stuff he says, if you can actually pencil your way through that, a lot of it might open up some doors for you if you haven't thought about this stuff for a while and be ready for Matrix 4. So, yeah, I liked him. Uh, next week on the show, we're doing a sequel to this week with 2006 Dead on Arrival. <laughs> no, Dead, Dead or, or Alive. alive. <laughs> Dead or on Arrival. <laughs> that's the Kevin Costner movie, right? Or Mark Singer, Mark, the UCLA guy that's in NCIS. I don't know. There's a DOA as well that was an 80s movie that's not very good also. I think Costner's in it. Yeah, 2006 DOA with the Jiggle Physics. So check that out. Uh, currently streaming on uh, where the hell do we watch this? You can do it on Pluto, Tubi, or Vudu with commercials for free. Gotcha. Okay. I watched my copy of it because I own it. Ooh, fancy. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash stick madness. That's how we keep going and keeping the server paid. So hit us up there. Also, send us your emails. We'll try to get to them. Uh, when we can, uh, like we like to do it when Jackie's involved, but that could be a little bit of time uh, before that happens. So be patient uh, and hope to hear from you soon and get to the chopper.